Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 12,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales. But sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. Today's episode is once again joined by Stephen M. R. Covey, best-selling author, international speaker, and son of leadership pioneer Stephen R. Covey. You can hear part one of Stephen's talk in episode 379 of the Action Catalyst. We hope you enjoy. One of the things that was interesting, your father's book, as the core of the content for the Franklin Covey business that you've been running, you actually had a critical role in maintaining your father's legacy. The CEO magazine considered this to be one of the two most influential books of the 20th century. What did you do to perpetuate that? Yeah, well, it was all about, we are, we had the great ideas. We now need to find the modalities and the mediums and, and the, and the ways that we could get those ideas to people and to organizations. And, and so we had to learn. We went with the business first because we could get a foothold there and they had more budget initially. Whereas right out of the gates, we tried to do everything at once. We were all mission and no margin because we're just doing too much. So we had to kind of learn to create a business model and just to start with business first. In our case, that may not be the truth for everyone, but in our case, because that was a good foothold. And then from that, we could extend the brand and go into other markets and, and, you know, with other channels. And then we also had to learn that you don't get wed to one modality. And that's where we went from all delivering all stand up live training to video based training to tools, to processes, to certification with licensing. And t- today with all kinds of technology tools and virtual and other, all kinds of formats. And, um, what's most important is principles in the content that are practical and tangible. There's a variety of ways to get them out. And finally, we tried to really scale this both within a client organization, but also in terms of the reach all around the world. And we created uh, partners and licensees everywhere in the world. We're now operating in some 150 countries. And so our scale is enormous. And so all of this was about scaling, building an organization. And that was part of you know expanding my father's legacy so that it could have a greater impact. You're focusing on the mission and being flexible with the method. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've received this question. What is your favorite habit of the seven habits? You know what? I love habit five. Seek first. You know your seven habits. Seek first to understand then to be understood because of how powerful that is in any relationship, on any team. And so in Speed of Trust, I call this listen first. In this new book I'm, that I've got out right now, Trust and Inspire, I'm calling it empathy. Mm. 
empathy is understanding. It doesn't necessarily mean agreement. We might disagree, might see it differently, and they feel understood. And that is my favorite of the seven habits. And I think it's so powerful and so needed in a world today where people don't feel heard, don't feel understood. And if you can give understanding, if you can give empathy to, to another person, that is the, the equivalent of giving someone air. You know, what, what air is to the body, understanding is to the heart. Mm-hmm. There's a whole industry around emotional intelligence and empathy is the core of it. And so many people don't naturally know how to be aware, self-aware, socially aware, and manage those things in an appropriate way to provide that empathy. And so that's, that is so great. I put it under modeling. I'm talking about how we need to become, I'm calling it trust and inspire leaders as opposed to command and control leaders because the world has changed all around us. And yet our style of leadership hasn't kept pace. And what's happened is we've just become better at, at a flawed and limited model, a command and control model. We've become more advanced, more sophisticated. I call it enlightened command and control. But our paradigm of how we see people and how we view um, leadership is still kind of gets it ro- its roots from the industrial age mm-hmm. and, and not in this new world of change and disruption and this idea that the workplace is changing right in front of our eyes. You know, mm-hmm. work from home, work from anywhere, hybrid work, remote work combinations. And in this new env- environment, to think that we might operate with the old style of leadership that led us to the industrial age is just almost ludicrous. It's, it's modern day bloodletting. It's just not relevant anymore. It doesn't work. You can't command and control your way to collaboration and innovation. So we need a new way to lead in a new world. And I'm calling it trust and inspire in juxtaposition to command and control. And the premise behind it is three things. You model, you trust, and you inspire. Modeling is who we are. Trusting is how we lead. Inspiring is connecting to why, to why it matters. And you connect with people through caring and belonging. And you connect to purpose, to meaning and contribution. I know that means a lot to you and to this podcast. And the whole premise behind that is that everyone can inspire. Inspiring others is a learnable skill. It's not just for the charismatic. I bet I'm like you and our listeners. I know a lot of people who are very charismatic, but I wouldn't say that they inspire me at all. I know other people who are not charismatic, but who are extraordinarily inspiring to me Mm -hmm. because of who they are, how they lead and how they care about me and others. I think of teachers. I think of others. Some might be charismatic. You, You could be both. But everyone can learn to inspire. Again, there's so much alignment with everything you're saying. Inspire is one of our three core values. And in order to inspire other people, you have to be willing to be inspired. Being coachable, being humble, being willing to learn is the key ingredient to then helping others to be inspired. And would you agree with that? I completely agree with it. It's, it's inside out. You can't inspire others if you yourself aren't inspired. And if you're not modeling this, if you don't go first and you can't, you know, inspire others, if you're not inspired, just like you can't return from a place you haven't been, mm. you know, you got to go first. And, and so finding your own voice and your own sense of what's your why, what inspires you as a person, when you find that for yourself, then you can help others find it for themselves and you can be a catalyst. You can, you can ignite the fire within them. 
And I love the Latin. I'm sure you're familiar with the Latin phrase, inspirare, which means to breathe into. Mm. So inspiring is to breathe into, to breathe life into something and someone. And I, and I distinguish that people don't want to be merely motivated. They want to be inspired. You can motivate through, you know, through reward, through carrot and stick, but that's extrinsic. It's external. That's still part of command and control. And nothing wrong per se with carrot and stick motivation. It's just that there's a higher level because do rewards motivate? Sure. They motivate people to get more rewards. And it's, and it's an ongoing extrinsic external process of needing to provide more rewards. But what if you could ignite a fire that already exists within and ignite it and, and bring it to life and breathe life into something that can live on for years? That's inspiration. And you can do it by connecting with people through caring and belonging and connecting people to purpose and to meaning and to contribution, to making a difference, to mattering. All the things that you are about, this podcast is about, um, that inspires. And, and that is a higher standard than merely motivating. And it's what we need in our world today. Amen. And inspired employees out, produce, outperform, fully engaged employees. <laughs> now, we want the engagement, but what if they go even beyond engagement into true inspiration? They can perform it at even another level. It's contagious. Inspired people are contagious. Beautiful. There you go. They're contagious and it creates a culture that's contagious. It's a magnet to attract and retain and engage and inspire the best people. And it feeds off itself. And, you know, it's like a, a match, lighting another match, lighting another match. The fire is being lit within and everyone feels inspired by it. They want to be a part of it. It's energizing. It's fun. And that will help us during a time of a great resignation, you know, and where there's a war for talent to be able to build a great culture that people want to be part of. It's contagious. It's energizing. It's passionate. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Then we will, we'll get the best people and we'll bring out the best in people, both. And that's one of the two, I call it the two epic comparatives of our time with all this change that's gone on. The first is to, to build a great high trust culture that inspires people and the best people want to stay with us and we bring out the best in people. That's the first, that's, I call that win in the workplace. But then we also have to collaborate and innovate to stay relevant in a changing world because we could fall behind if we're not collaborating and innovating with all these changes. And I call that one win in the marketplace. But the sequence is key. If we want to win in the marketplace, we first have to win in the workplace with our own people. So building that great inspired culture, high trust culture, I call it a trust and inspire culture. You can't command and control your way to that. You trust and inspire your way. And then same with collaboration and innovation. You can't command and control your way to collaboration and innovation. You trust and inspire by who you are, by how you lead, and by connecting to why it matters. Wow. That's the idea. Well, people want to go get a copy and they're excited to read this book. What will they get from it and why would they want to read it? Yeah. Well, the main thing is I'm saying, look, the world has changed in all these ways and our style of leadership has not kept pace. Because people are capable of far more than what they're current, currently giving and contributing or even allowed to give. And a lot of people, that's their biggest fear. Their fear is what they actually are capable of, not of what they're not capable of. For some, it's, it, it is a fear. They need to overcome the fear with someone that believes in them, that mm -hmm. sees their potential, and that communicates their potential so they can come to not be afraid of it. And then to, that develops their potential and then unleashes it. 
for the service of our customers and clients and for the world and to, to make a difference to matter. And so this book is all about saying, let's move to a style of leadership that's going to be relevant for our times and for our workforce and for the people around us. And then the subtitle of the book is How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. And you need to see the, see the potential, communicate the potential, develop the potential and unleash it. And um, so there's different elements of it, but it starts with the paradigm, the mindset of how we view people, how we view leadership. Because if I'm coming out of a command and control style of leadership, you know, I'm kind of categorizing them. I'm trying to contain them or control them instead of unleash them. I'm trying to motivate through carrot and stick instead of inspire through caring and through purpose. There tends to be more competing versus caring. And I'm not seeing leadership as real stewardship. And so if I've kind of got the old paradigm of command and control, but I just become more enlightened about it, all that is is different in degree, but not different in kind. It's not going to be relevant for this new world. So right out of the gates, I make the case for why we need a new way to lead. Our style is getting in the way of our intent. We may want all these things, but the way that we've been scripted to lead, how we've led, what we've been successful at, the models we have are probably coming out of the command and control world not the trust and inspire world. So we need a new way to lead in this new world. We need to become good at it, but it starts with the paradigm. I then move into the fundamental beliefs of a trust and inspire leader so that we can know where to start. And until the beliefs change or are more robust, more complete, we'll probably have a hard time truly changing our style. Your beliefs influence your thoughts, which influence your words, which influence your actions, which are your results. That's beautiful. You're exactly right. And too often, we haven't focused at that level. And we try to go right to, let's become trust and inspire. But we still don't see the greatness inside of people. Mm -hmm. And if I don't see the greatness, how am I going to unleash it? No, instead, I'll try to contain people or box them in. It's how do you view people? Mm -hmm. You view them as having greatness inside of them. And therefore, what if we could develop that greatness and unleash it? And what if we ask this question? What percentage of the workforce, of your workforce, has more talent, more skill, more capabilities, more ingenuity than their current job either requires or even allows them to contribute? And the vast majority say almost everyone has a lot more they can give. And yet at the same time, we're also saying we've got to do more with less. There's a gap there. The gap between what people are capable of and what they're delivering is just too great. That's the idea behind the book. And, and then you move into the three stewardships. You model, you trust, you inspire. Who we are. How we lead. And why. And why it matters. Love it. Well, I'm sold. I'm committed to reading this book. How do we get a copy? Where do we find it? How do we get in touch with you? What What's the next step? It's available everywhere. Bookstores everywhere. Online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, booksellers. We have a website, trustandinspire.com. And it's an exciting paradigm of leadership, as well as naming the stewardships of the kind of leadership that's going to be relevant in our world today. And you can literally transform an organization. I'll give you just one illustration of this to kind of make this practical to our listeners. Look at what Satya Nadella has done at Microsoft since he became the CEO. You know, he became the CEO around 2014. So it's been seven, it's going on eight years now. And when he got in, Microsoft was, you know, they were big, obviously, but they were fading. They were less and less relevant. They were having a hard time keeping people. They were seen as kind of yesterday's news of, you know, and so 
if you want something exciting, go to another technology company or another place. And they also weren't innovating very much anymore. They still were big because they had all the existing success and market share and the like, but not as current, not as relevant. And also they were competing internally with each other. A cartoonist in Seattle did a cartoon that showed them people in silos pointing weapons at each other within the company, you know, which kind of was representing the culture of it was just cutthroat and competitive internally. So they weren't just competing externally in the marketplace. They were actually competing with each other in the workplace. And in walks Satya Nadella, humble, models authenticity and vulnerability, models humility and courage, empathy, but also performance, a track record of performance. You know, he can deliver. So he's modeling the behavior that really inspired people. But then also he was trusting. He started with a growth mindset, not only for himself, but for everyone at Microsoft. And we can trust people. And then they moved into, they called it model, coach, and I'm trying to remember the third one, but it's about around purpose. And that's the inspire piece. And um, really through leadership style, modeling, trusting, and inspiring, a re- complete revitalization of Microsoft. You see it with a tenfold plus increase in their stock price from when he took older. But also they're winning in those two epic imperatives. Their culture is relevant and they're a great place to work. People are drawn to it again. And they're also collaborating and innovating and winning in the marketplace with the cloud and everything else through their innovation. They're extremely relevant and they reinvented themselves and revitalized themselves through leadership style. It wasn't just him. It was also what he passed down to others. We have some trust inspired leaders, but collectively, we need a lot more. We still have a lot more command and control leaders. And we need more trust and inspire leaders. And so we need to get a critical mass so that we can shift the arc of leadership that's needed today to stay relevant in this changing world. But also, it's a lot more fun, a lot more exciting, energizing, joyful, and inspiring to be part of this high-trust team, high-trust culture, and to have inspiration as part of who we are, what we're about. As you know, as this is one of your values. I love it, Stephen. This has been one of my favorite interviews. I love every single thing you said. I'm all in. This is the right stuff. So, so excited to read the book. So excited to have you here today. I know that the listeners found tremendous value from this. I know I found tremendous value from this. And and thank you for being here on the Action Catalyst. Thank you so much. And I love the name of this podcast, Action Catalyst. Action Catalyst for this leadership that's needed in our world today. You're a catalyst to help bring it about. So it's a real honor to be with you. And as I prepared for this and learned about you and what you're doing and what this podcast is doing, I became inspired. So we're in a great place and and I am really humbled to be part of this. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.